sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, August 3rd. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez. As always, I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, right by my side, helping us give you the information, give out winners, and put the fun in functional sports content. And Kev, we have got sports left and right. Basketball is back in full swing. Major League Baseball is in uh, sort of full swing for most of the teams if they test negative. But we'll get into that. We have the MLS tournament. Our guy Cam Stewart nailed the PGA event again. There are a lot of things going on. You were saying it before, Kev. You got to keep your head on a swivel these days, huh? <laughs> you sure do, man. I, I, I mean, it's just back. Like last night, I was actually um, just watching some of the games with my dad, and he's like, "All right, I think this one's on 590." He's like, "All right, we're over here at 589, and we got 507." And it's like, "Whew, it's a lot. It's a lot, and it's nice to see." Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget about channel 517 on Pluto, where you can get obviously Sports Grid. You know, and what we're talking about TV, Kev. I, I mess with YouTube TV these days, and one of the best parts about that is like. In the home screen, you can kind of get previews for four or five different channels. And I've got all sports all the time. It's like, oh, do I want to watch this MLS quarterfinal game or this basketball game or this baseball game? It is very, very exciting. But today we do start with basketball where every team, I think most teams have played their second game already. Some are still getting it in. But remember, out of these eight games to kind of make sure we have seedings and trigger the play-ins, as I look at the standings, Kev, you know, one thing I would say right off the top is that it doesn't look like there's going to be any of these play-in tournaments, right, at least in the Eastern Conference, because, you know, the Wizards have sort of fallen by the wayside. It looks like Brooklyn and Orlando will likely occupy seven and eight. And to be quite honest, Orlando has looked pretty good, although it looks like they'll be without one of their uh, key players. Yeah, unfortunately, Jonathan Isaac, uh, along with the Orlando Magic, got the terrible news that he has tore up uh, his ACL. Of course, won't be playing with the team the rest of these games, and uh, possibly, depending on how long it takes him to recover. Uh, and this is a guy who, by the way, missed time this year with a knee injury. Uh, he might miss all of next season as well. Wow. This is a guy that has looked fantastic uh, since coming back. This is a guy with all NBA potential. Undoubtedly, and that might be selling him short, probably defensive player of the year potential is a better way to describe Jonathan Isaac. And look, if you're the, the Orlando Magic, are you really going to go out there and win a playoff series? I, I want to say no, but they've right. looked wonderful in these first two games back. And one thing you actually pointed out to, to me, Dan, kind of as we were getting ready to roll here, they are tied with the Raptors right now for the longest winning streak in the NBA. That you know, it yeah. spans back to before we shut down of now five games. Uh, right. The Magic are are playing really well right now. And 
you know, they'll be obviously dogs, whether they play, whether they're playing Toronto or Boston, that opening series. But right now they look like they may be, uh, will be a tougher out than anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. As you just said, Orlando, technically with tied for the longest win streak in the NBA right now, five in a row, the ones they've had in the bubble in Orlando. And even before that, as well, as we welcome back in our radio audience across the country right here, Dane Martinez, Kevin Walsh, putting the fun and functional sports content on SportsGrid here on the early line. You know, you mentioned tied with Toronto, right? Five in a row. I see Oklahoma City has also won four in a row out west. You know, when when we look at kind of this first weekend of action, Kev, I see the standings. We talk about how they're, mm. you know, we get they're getting clear towards the bottom of the east. They're ridiculously tight still in the middle of the west. What have been sort of the headlines for you as we've come back? You know, is it the way some of these teams have looked? Have there been some surprises? Is it a guy like TJ Warren going for 51 points in a game already? You know, now that these teams have played a couple times, we're seeing what it looks like in the bubble. What would be some of your headline takeaways or surprises? So far, yeah. So I, I, we talk about the back end of the East, which doesn't yeah. really inspire a lot of confidence. Washington uh, losing that game yesterday to the Brooklyn Nets pretty much all but seals the their fate that they will not even be able to trigger a play-in game. Um, so the West is making up for it in droves because not only again are there a number of teams in range with the Memphis Grizzlies who have lost their first two games, but right now the team currently sat in the nine seed is not the Pelicans. Is not the Blazers. It's not even the Kings. It's the mm-hmm. San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Now off to a 2-0 and start. Got a nice win against Sacramento to start. That was an upset for them, based again, of course, on the spread. Because um, I'm sure maybe some Spurs fans are like, ah, it's not an upset. Listen, just based on the line, it was an upset. And then they did the same exact thing, though, to the Memphis Grizzlies yesterday. Uh, to where they're now only two back. The Grizzlies don't have a win under their belt yet, Dane, as well. And for them, they, they had to... You know, piece together a couple of these wins because they, the big thing for them is they got to be the eighth seed going into the play. You don't want all of a sudden now you're the team that has to win two in a row uh, as opposed to only needing to win one out of two attempts versus whomever that nine seed is. And that's not where it stops. Right now, the seeding in the West is all over the place. The Rockets have moved up now to the four seed right now, only a game back of maybe being the three seed with the Nuggets, mm-hmm. uh, who looked terrible in their first game uh, as that one expanded on some big injuries there. Uh, kind of holding them back. So a lot of movement over in the Western Conference. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the Rockets with a big win over Milwaukee yesterday. You say the Spurs are hot. They get a two-point win over Memphis. The Celtics with big performances out of Tatum and Brown. And the Rockets with a big win over Milwaukee. We'll talk about the games on tap for tonight. We come back right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line, giving you the edge right here on SportsGrid. Kev, we got a nice slate of NBA games here today, tonight. And I like that they, you know, one of the things, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Kev, 
you talk about sports being back. You know, part of the great part is they're playing like from the beginning of the day. You know, mm-hmm. it's like almost like this is kind of like an AAU style tournament, right? Or the or the Nike ABCD camp kind of thing, right? Where they're all in the same place. There's games on different courts happening throughout the day. Even some of the players have said it gives them a little bit of that AAU feel, right? Like they're all at a big tournament together or something like that. They're on the campus. There will be games today starting with Toronto and Miami at like 1.30 Eastern time, going all the way until pretty much midnight on the East Coast with the Jazz and Lakers tipping off at around 9, 9.30 tonight. But Kev, wall-to-wall basketball for fans out there. Catching up on Long yeah, Island. I mean, look, the only thing is it's obviously going to interrupt uh, a midday nap that I usually do have scheduled. Okay, don't worry about it. Uh, we'll adjust. No complaints from me. Uh, especially when we get started with a fun one like the Heat uh, against the Raptors. Yeah, that's interesting. But, you know, before we get into that, I have to now ask you a question. And you're going to think I'm joking around because you just mentioned that midday nap. Isn't the midday nap like literally a big part of the NBA player's schedule? Like, I'm not joking. I'm serious. Yeah, I think so. They play, they practice during the, you know, early afternoon. And then a lot of them literally Take a nap. And I say this to wonder and mean, remember when MLS was back and there was that 9 a.m. start, right? Mm -hmm. And how like the body clock was different when we talk about football flying west to east and all this stuff. We talk about the body clock, okay? These are unusual game times for the NBA as it relates to the body clock. And I'm joking a little bit, but, you know, their afternoon nap. You think there's anything to that? Any impact? Do they got to adjust? I mean, I'm sure that to a degree, they, they will occasionally play a 1.30 game, but it'll only be on the weekends. I'm like, Martin Luther King Day, they play like that. That's it. Right, right. The, the question is, Dane, do days exist anymore? Right? Like, is it really Monday? Right. I, I don't know. Now, for me, right. no, but, but like to a degree, it is serious, right? Like, for me, yeah. it's Monday because I have a schedule now. We wake up. We do the show here. Right. Right. And that's obviously not the case on the weekends. But for these athletes, I mean, honestly, like, does is it really Monday anymore? And you know how that goes, right? So, like, I'm back when you were in high school, right? And it's the summer. Yeah. No idea <laughs> if it's Tuesday or Saturday. It yeah. absolutely it's all it all blends together. So I think it's a good point. I'm just not sure if days of the week matter anymore in this league. Yeah, no, that that's fair. And to be honest, quite now. Everybody feels that way. Like, remember, during this pandemic, every day it was like trending on Twitter. Today is Tuesday, just in case you (laughs) forgot. Let's start with these games. And as you mentioned, the first one is Toronto and Miami. Toronto, who, like we just said, right, tied uh, for the longest winning streak with Orlando of all teams for five-game winning streak. They are two-and-a-half-point favorites against Miami As I look at the Eastern Conference standings, this would be a matchup of two versus four. Miami, you listen, they're two games behind Boston, but only two games in front of Indiana. You know, Toronto is a little bit more locked in, the likely two seed in the East. Miami's got a lot of flexibility here still, a lot to play for. They are two and a half point dogs to the Raptors. Yeah, here's the thing about the Heat, and here's why the Heat are maybe the most dangerous team in the East as it is in terms of knocking off the top two squads. The Heat had an overtime win pretty impressively against Toronto in Toronto. Very few Mm. teams have won there all year. And then they played them again back in Miami, and the Heat won that game as well. And they did it in different styles. That second go-around, 
84-76 was the win that the Heat got. And that's always the danger, though, when two teams can meet up and play that kind of a snail's pace, Dane. It, mm. it makes you worried about playing any props if you're an over-better on props, which most people are. Um, I actually think I remember playing the Bam Adebayo over prop in this game, losing it. And I think um, our good friend Martino said to me, I can't really complain about not getting over in a game that featured only 160 points. Even though I think Adebayo, like, I probably lost by like the hook or something. Um, but I think it's a good point to know. The question is, right, when a team like the Raptors have lost the first two to a squad, will they really lose three? Right. But the other question is, how much does any of the stuff that they have their number back in January, like, does it matter at all? Like, and those are the kind of things that are, are tough to tell. Now, we also know that Jimmy Butler had an excused absence from the most recent Miami Heat <clears> practice. <throat> Here's the other thing, Dan. We, we talk a lot about the standings thus far. And yeah. somewhat under the radar, maybe not under the radar. But the Heat do have a legit shot at the three seed. They're two back yes. right now. They'll play yeah. on Tuesday against the Celtics. The question becomes, does this game matter as much? The standings are, are, are a little weird right now because you can't ever make up half games and they're not right. all, they haven't all played the same amount. So that's kind of the struggle with everything. I think getting that win over Boston, does it matter more less? I'm not sure here. Could Miami have an eye towards tomorrow? Uh, not that they're looking past the Raptors, but maybe they view the game against the Celtics as a bit more important as to what they're chasing. It's a it's a long way for me to say, Dane. This is a very, very difficult game to call. If I had to go one way, though, I would back this Heat team getting two and a half points who have already beaten the Raptors twice. And for me, I came away very impressed with in that first game, the way they were able to pull away against, albeit somewhat of a depleted Denver Nuggets team. I know people liked what they saw from Toronto in the opener uh, against the Lakers, but I do think that was somewhat of a case of motivation plus rest equals Raptors win. Yeah, you mentioned the motivation piece. I actually think the motivation piece would help Miami because of the point that you talked about, right? Yes, Boston is still within reach two games away, and Indiana is still on their heels two games away, whereas Toronto, they know they ain't getting to Milwaukee, right? And what they got to do is hold off Boston. They got a three-and-a-half game lead on the Celtics for that two spot. Kevin, I'm intrigued. You mentioned that kind of snail's pace that they play at um, in these matchups. Would that be a reason to you why there is no total listed for this game just yet as we wake up here on the early line? I think that, I think, and I'm also not sure if they're 100% 100% positive if Jimmy Butler is going to play in this game. I see. Although they said that, that he's be very, it. very likely. The, the thing, though, Dane, is if that were a reason to not post the total, then you just lock the It'd game. be reason to not have the line. Yeah. You know, you and not have Jimmy the line Butler, up if Jimmy Butler. Right. Exactly. And Jimmy Butler props are available right now over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. So not sure why they actually don't have a, a total posted here. I think considering the fact that these teams played twice already, I mean, they should have a pretty good idea of where they want to post this number. So uh, kind of surprising to not see it there. But maybe for the book, and, and here's the thing, Dane, when they first got the NBA schedule and they released numbers at the book, it was a couple days before they ever listed any totals. Okay, It might have even been more than a week. They they seem a little bit more bullish on giving you a spread in a money line 
if the, even if things are still up in the air, then potentially giving you a total. All right. You mentioned that there were Jimmy Butler props uh, for this matchup already. You know, all the props were listed. Um, is there anybody specifically you want to fade or ride with in this game? Um, you know, when it, when, it, when it comes to the prop market, when I look at, you know, maybe do you want to get ahead of, hey, if Jimmy Butler doesn't play or is not 100%, where else do the points come from? Do you want to play that game? Someone like, a, what about someone like a Duncan Robinson in their threes? Anything like that you may want to play in the prop market for this game. I'll take a look at Kyle Lowry's under. The thing about Kyle Lowry, look, he's a very, very good player. Probably going to get some All-NBA consideration. He's coming on the heels of a 33-point performance against the Lakers. And the thing about Lowry is he doesn't typically piece together games that high scoring in a row. He scored 15 okay. uh, in the second and 12 in the two matchups against uh, the Miami Heat this year. Might just be a difficult matchup for him. Again, if this plays more low scoring, then unders will be the way to go in the prop market. All right, fair enough. That's one NBA game down in the books in terms of our analysis. We've got five more to preview today here on the early line. We will do that when we come back. It's my main man, Kevin Walsh. I am merely the spitting statistician. We'll be back with more NBA previews. But for now, let's get all caught up on the news over the weekend with our update. There is no shortage of news. Let's get caught up now. More NBA previews when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, thanks, Chris, for the update. Getting all caught up. We talked about some of that already here on the early line. Right, Kev, you know, bad, sad thing to see there with Isaac's going down. Those non-contact injuries sometimes are the worst. Trust me, as a man who has torn my ACL, my MCL, and the ACL twice, unfortunately, I know about that non-contact pop. Let's keep on looking, though, Kev, into the games in the NBA. And we're talking about kind of in the context of the standings, right? Well, this next game, I think, is huge, Kev. In the Western mm -hmm. Conference, as we talk about the Denver Nuggets and the Oklahoma City Thunder, just to reset everything, right? The Nuggets are right now the three seed in the West. The Thunder right now are the six seed in the West. But, Kev, there's only a game and a half separating them with Houston and Utah somehow in between. This is a big-time game for seeding right off the bat. And, Kev, you got to help me out. With Denver as the three seed, technically, they are giving or getting four-and-a-half points. Tell me, why does the Thunder have a four-and-a-half-point edge here, even though they're a game-and-a-half back in the standings? Is this a question of availability? Have, mm -hmm. you know, have the, the Thunder just looked good so far? Are we fading the kids, Porter and Bowl Bowl? What's going on with the line here? So there's a, it's a combination of the things you mentioned. The main thing, okay. though, is the availability. Gary Harris Jr., Jamal Murray, Will Barton, mm. three of the top six rotation pieces for the Denver Nuggets, did not play in the game against the Miami Heat. And the most recent update was all listed as not just questionable, very questionable. Ah, They're not okay. going to play in this game. And that is why this line looks the way it does. It is kind of priced to um, see them kind of in this light. Now, the thing, though, is, Dane, there's also some added juice on top of that because these both you know teams did play 
on Saturday. And the Denver Nuggets had a one-point lead going into halftime against the Miami Heat and proceeded to lose the game by 20 points, 125-105. The Thunder lost the fourth quarter to the Jazz by eight points, only winning them the game by 16 points. They dominated them pretty much wire to wire. So those things, Mm -hmm. the availability multiplied, and that's how you get the Thunder lighting four and a half points. But for me, it makes this a really easy game to choose. I'll take the four and a half points with the Denver Nuggets. This is a team that's played down men before and been able to thrive in that spot. No better example than when they went to Milwaukee and were missing both Gary Harris Jr. and Jamal Murray. I think they only had eight, maybe Mm. nine guys available to them for the entire game. And again, this was a game that Giannis played in, went to Milwaukee and won that game and won it by double digits as well. The Denver Nuggets are a team that can still win without their guys. They Look, sports is never this easy, guys. It's never this easy. The idea that they are missing players, oh, they're obviously going to get crushed, right. crushed last game. The Nuggets are not a team that's going to let that just happen to them. And if, when you talk about the standings, it's not like the Nuggets have nothing to play for. That's what they I'm saying. Yeah. very much so in danger of dropping back off of that three line and for the nuggets. Okay. Matchup wise, they're better off taking their chances against the Clippers than the Lakers. And if the nuggets fall back onto that, uh, onto that line of the four five, then their second round matchup could potentially be against the Lakers. And even more disastrously, there's a world that they fall back as far as six where they, then yeah, have to play, they still would have to play the rockets in the first round. And if they get through that, you know, play the Clippers. Of course, like so, mm-hmm. this is still going to be a big game for the Denver Nuggets. I understand there's a world where maybe the Thunder are just this hot. Uh, they looked awesome in that game against the Jazz, no doubt about it, guys. But there's only one way to bet this for me, and it's taking the, the Denver Nuggets at plus four and a half, and it is sprinkling uh, right now. What is a money line of plus one sixty four? Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. Okay, like I, that's why I said it from the beginning. Three versus six in the Western Conference is really only a game and a half. Okay, so this is clearly uh, a lot on the line for both teams in terms of seating, in terms of positioning. I want to ask you one more question about this game, Kev. Um, mm-hmm. And it relates to Skinny Jokic. Okay, mm-hmm. we've talked about Skinny Jokic, right? And I remember one of the points I made to you last week was that this is the way the game is going anyway. How many pivots in the Western Conference can really bully Jokic around? Remember, I referenced how AD was another one of these new age big centers right he's that the rockets don't even have anybody well one of the prototypical big men that can still knock you around that is still left in the western conference does reside in oklahoma city right with Mm -hmm. steven adams so let me ask you this when you got skinny nokic and the way he wants to play up against this matchup of you know steven adams is there any props that wind up being um, you know, something that you may want to entertain, maybe like the Steven Adams rebounds. Does Nikolai Jokic able to draw Adams out in the perimeter in a place that he doesn't want to be? I'm thinking about the way these matchups go based on what we talked about before with skinny Jokic. Is there anything, is there any potential there? The, and I, I know it's just a coincidence that you bring up Jokic's props, um, but I actually had his over points uh, over the weekend, over 19 and a half. And through three quarters, Dane, he had 19 points. And you know how many points he finished with, Dane. 
<laughs> points. And we lose by the hook, even though we scored it uh, in those three quarters. Here's the thing uh, with Jokic, though. He's been wonderful uh, against the Thunder this year. Uh, he's actually okay. averaging 30 points in the two games that they've played against the Thunder. Now, okay. the other thing with Jokic, though, is because he's such a good passer. I mean, it's a guy that's not like, oh, he's a good passer for a big. He's top 15 in the NBA in assists. Okay. Sure. Is he will create for others. And I don't, and maybe I'm just kind of letting it uh, burn a little bit too long for me that opening game. Um, but I won't play right now. What is this over 20 and a half? Because what I, and I, and I should have remembered this a little bit. And look, maybe part of it is because they lost. Um, Jokic does not have to score. Okay. 21, 25. For, for them, them to win and be effective. Win this right. Game. Right, he only scored like 15 in that game against right. the Bucks. Because he can do so many other things, right? He's skilled yep. in so many other ways. He can contribute exactly. to be a big piece of the offense. Like you mentioned, he's one of the best passing big men in the league. Exactly, exactly, Dane. All right, fair enough. So we'll keep our eye out on that. But it's definitely a tight matchup in the Western Conference that all of the teams will be looking at. Kev, um, I know you probably have individual thoughts on some of these next games, but I want to show you a trend not a trend, but kind of a, put something on the radar here. Now that we're in the bubble, right, with this restart, I believe this may be the first time teams are playing back-to-back games today, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's weird because in the bubble, and we talk about load management, and we talk about, hey, these guys are now haven't played in four months. What kind of legs do they have up under them? I'm interested to see how it plays out, and it plays out in these next three games, okay? Washington and Indiana where Washington played yesterday, they're, they're getting six and a half points. Memphis yeah. and New Orleans, Memphis played yesterday, they're getting four and a half points. San Antonio and Philly, San Antonio played yesterday, they're getting seven points. Now, maybe this is just because they deserve to be dogs in these games against their opponents. And I know you may want to go one by one and give me some nuggets, but what do you think on its face big picture now when we start to see these teams that maybe aren't, you know, to take a soccer term, fully fit just Mm -hmm. yet, having to go on back-to-back nights when there's no load management because all these games matter for seeding. Are you going to be looking to these for any kind of trend? So let's think about it then, right, Dane? So we had a couple of spots where a team was playing their second game against a team that was playing their first. The Jazz played the Thunder. They got crushed. The Lakers played the Raptors. They also got blown out. So we've Mm. seen now a little bit of a precedent set for that, right? Mm. Now that's multiplied really when you're going to be playing it back-to-back. Of course, when was the last time these guys played a back-to-back thing? I mean, think about how long ago (laughs) that was, February, maybe? I mean, that is so long ago to have to play back-to-back NBA games. And then also considering what we've seen from this restart, offenses sometimes have faded out in these games, okay? I've seen it from the Dallas Mavericks now in back-to-back games in this restart. Offensively, they are dynamic in the first half, and in the second half, they're nowhere to be found. So if you just want to say, I'm going to take the rest advantage today, I bet you come out positive forward, Dane. I definitely do. The spot where it's really magnified is the Wizards. They are still a depleted roster, and they pretty much had their their hopes of a play-in crushed yesterday, as we talked about at the top of this show. Them getting up to play the Pacers, I just don't know if it's there for them. And the Pacers are coming off a win against the 76ers, giving themselves more life to not only not fall back to six, 
maybe even push up to four, which will feel like a true badge of honor. Obviously, it doesn't matter. There's no home and away there uh, for the Pacers. The only thing is, guys, patience with this one. It's right now sitting at six and a half, and it's kind of middling some injury news. Victor Oladipo is doubtful, although not officially out for rest. And then Malcolm Brogdon is questionable with a neck injury. Wait for the news either direction. If they're all healthy, I'll play them at an inflated line, but I need to know. And if they're out, this maybe comes down a half a point, a point, and you can still back the Pacers in this game. Definitely play it over, though. All right, fair enough. Let me ask you this. That's related to these three games, the rest disparity. One of the things we know when it comes to the rest, we're trying to build up Mr. Williamson to be able to play a full complement of minutes. So, yes, Memphis played back-to-back, but this is a Memphis, this is a matchup of these rookies that we want to see, right, going against each other. John Morant and Zion Williamson, well, Ja played yesterday, came very close to a triple-double. Zion, we just don't know how long he's going to play. How many minutes for Zion today, you think? 18, 20? <sighs> it's, uh, they, they interviewed David Griffin when they played against the Clippers, and he said, uh, we'll see this thing for a game or two more at that time, so we're at best 24 at best. He only played 14 against the Clips. Part of that was due to a blowout, though, and that game was ugly start to finish. Man, I don't know what to do with this Pelicans team. They look lost at the wheel. The Grizzlies have had two really, really tough losses to start this restart right now. Yeah. You might just be better off taking the four and a half. The total even feels high. It's an, it, this is a very tough game to call, Dane. All right, fair enough. Remember, passing is also okay. One thing is for sure, it'll be great to see Ja and Zion on the same court. We got more games to look at in the NBA when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. As usual, I got the kingdom over there, Mr. Kevin Walsh, helping me give out information, helping me give out winners. Kev, got a couple of other NBA games to look at today. One of them is Spurs and Sixers. Like I mentioned, the Spurs are now coming back to back. They're getting a full seven points in this matchup against Philadelphia. Um, how are you seeing this one? Because, like you said, the Spurs are playing well and it is the spurs you know everyone's talking about oh you know the trailblazers can get hot oh we like zion williamson to make a move right because he's gonna crush the world well what do you know it is the spurs that are humming right along and they're the ones within range of triggering this play into it yeah yeah and you got to give the spurs credit there's a reason why this team has made the playoffs for over two decades straight and look, if they're able to play the way that they have been playing, maybe they can keep that streak going. Although I think they've got a very tough task in front of them today. And we saw in that first game against the, the Kings, the, you know, it fluctuated back and forth a bit. They pulled out a nice win. Uh, and then they uh, multiple times allowed the Grizzlies to tie that game up. And you kind of started to see, for as good as they've been playing, there still is some... There's some leeway there for them to to be had by a better team, a focused team. 
And that's really the question when it comes to the 76ers, is will they be focused? Them losing that first game is a disgrace. There's no other way to put it. DJ <laughs> Warren scores 53 points, and you lose to the Indiana Pacers, who are without Demonte Sabonis, Malcolm right. Brandon, and somewhat of a minutes restriction put on Victor Oladipo because you just cannot lock in defensively. I, I mean, it is almost nauseating the amount of times that we've had to talk about this team's defensive ceiling and then watch them not even remotely touch it. All of that being said, this does feel like they should be able to go out there and dominate this Spurs team, a Spurs team that is playing on a back-to-back, a Spurs team that's without LaMarcus Aldridge is more dangerous, but good luck stopping Joel Embiid, who looked tremendous in that first game, okay? Like Joel Embiid, for, for all of the issues that that team had in that game, none of it was Embiid's fault. Okay, think about this. They lost by six. He played 34 minutes. He was a plus 21. Hello? We've got issues here. We've got issues here. Guy had 41 and 21. He was a plus 21. He was the best player on the court, including TJ Warren, okay? And Mm -hmm. they, or maybe right there, TJ Warren. Let me be respectful to TJ Warren, okay? But them losing that game, (laughs) that's what I'm saying, right? You know what I mean? But, like, that, you can't lose that game. But to be fair, Dane, I think he will put forward a similar performance. I'll play the over points. I will certainly play the over rebounds on Joel Embiid. And I do think that they will win this game. And I think they should win this game handily. The reality, though, with the Philadelphia 76ers is they will make your life very hard as a better. When it feels obvious and it feels like they should win, they don't seemingly do it. But it does have its ebbs and its flows. And they let you down against the Pacers. They should bounce back here against the Spurs. All right, something we will definitely keep our eye on. Remember, there's always the potential for Embiid or like Embiid and Simmons to be such a dynamic duo, right? The question is, will they keep their act together for a long enough stretch to get through the gauntlet that would be the NBA playoffs? I don't know how much confidence you have in that one, but on any given night, Embiid can look like the best player on the court. One last game, Kev, in the NBA today. It is the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Lakers. Here, I have two questions for you. One of them is about motivation. As I look at the standings, the Jazz are clearly one of those teams like that are you know four teams within the span of a game and a half in the West for seeding, whereas the Lakers have all but cinched up that number one seed, right? In the West, Mm -hmm. I think their magic number is, in essence, one. Like, they're going to be the one seed. So when I ask about motivation, does Utah have, I don't know, quote-unquote, more to play for? I also look at this total, Kev, and at 217, it is by far the lowest on the board tonight. Is that, you know, just crediting the Utah Jazz defense that they can put out there? Is this um, concerns about the Laker offense? I'm wondering... What goes into this total for you and is motivation the dominant factor in this game? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the total because that's where we're going to look, but we're going to isolate. We're going to isolate it to the Utah Jazz, okay, because the Lakers can still go out there and put up points on this team. This team's played twice during the regular season. First matchup very early on in the year, and they held the Jazz to only 86 points. That was in, that was in the Staples Center. They went back to Utah. Maybe the Jazz can figure it out. Nope, not at all. Only 96 points. And you look at the Lakers, okay? And for this restart, again, only 92 points against the Raptors. That's terrible. But Anthony Davis, after the game, says the offense will come, okay? We, we, we have, we, we'll be able to score. It's about our defense. Right. And they scored, they, gave, they let the Clippers only score 101. And the Raptors, still who played well, right, only scored 107. And I go to the Jazz, who scored 106 against the Pelicans, who bleed points. 
okay? The Clippers almost, like, broke a franchise record of threes against that team. They had, like, 70-plus at the half. Okay? They, just, they basically stopped playing. That's the only reason that they didn't score 150. And then they only scored 94 against the Jazz, or against the Thunder, rather, did the Jazz. The over-under for their team total is 105 and a half. Okay, now they can't post this number, Dane, at 100 and a half. So they would get hit with way too much money. Right, it's it's right, far too right. low for a team that still has the talent level that they have. But the under on this team total is the exact way to play it. Because you're back from the Lakers, but maybe the Lakers offense is still slow. And you're, wow. you're betting on the Lakers defense stepping up. I like this bet a lot of under 105 and a half. For the Jazz, you're not concerned at all that Mike Conley looks like a better version of himself? No, because where the heck was Mike Conley in that last game against the Thunder? I mean, they got punched in the mouth. I mean, they looked start to finish. They scored 15 points in the first quarter against the Thunder. And to be honest with you, I thought it was going the other way. Like, I'm like, they got a game under their belt. They're coming off of a nice win. This team's got to be feeling good about themselves. And maybe they jump over a team who doesn't have their feet under them yet. And absolutely none of that was true. And Mike Conley followed up that nice game one performance with three of nine shooting, 12 points. Now, to be fair, he was only a point off Donovan Mitchell's team leading 13. What an ugly game. What an ugly right. game. All right, fair enough. And absolutely, you know, when you look at the Jazz, they got a lot on the line, right? They can move all the way up to three. They could go all the way down to six. You know, and literally, when we wake up tomorrow here on the early line, that middle of the West between this game, between the Houston, I mean, excuse me, between the Oklahoma City and Denver game, there is going to be some moving and shaking, and we will certainly be here to cover it the entire NBA restart. There's nobody better to have by my side than the main man, Kevin Walsh. He is as plugged into the NBA as anybody here on this network. So we'll stay tuned for that. Now, though, we will turn our attention to the National Football League, and there aren't any games, Kevin, but there is still no shortage of headlines, right? And I think one of them is that Roger Goodell has decided to push back the deadline to opt out, right? And I thought that was interesting because, you know, Kev, you and I talked about that's pretty much a soft deadline anyway, right? Remember basketball had like a deadline. We talked about it originally of June 24th, and then it kept on getting pushed back. We didn't know if Victor Oladipo was going to play in this restart until like hours before the first game. And there's a lot of talk about this. Some people are saying, Kev, that Goodell is pushing this back a little bit because they got caught off guard, quite frankly, on how many players are using the opportunity to opt out and they got to figure out now, well, how are these teams going to, you know, go out there and refill in the same way as we go to training camp? There are a ton of opt outs. Um, the league has maybe an issue going on, seeing what is happening in major league baseball, which we will talk about in hour number two certainly doesn't help, but there have been some more opt outs. Marquise Lee, the big one, CJ Mosley of the jets defense among them. These guys are opting out, Kev, and uh, Goodell's got to figure out, you know, how to respond. Yeah, and I don't know how you could be surprised that players are opting out. I mean, how? How? How do you not see that come? Are you really this naive? Like, it, it just, it, it blows my mind. And I, to me, look, the further the, the date is uh, for these players to have to decide, the more and more players that will opt out. And that might just sound like, oh, yeah, the more time, the more guys will make that decision. But it's because they're going to look towards Major League Baseball. And the players yep. are silly not to. And I don't want to be Debbie Downer on Major League Baseball. But yeah. there's a world where a week from today, the season is canceled. Okay? 
That's not me being Debbie Downer. That is me realistically looking at what's been reported. There's a world this league is shut down before next week, okay? And if Major League Baseball closes their doors before the NFL opt-out date, you're going to see a lot more plays, I think at least, Dane, then make that decision to opt-out. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, we listen, there has even been talks, and we'll get to Major League Baseball, but there's even rumors out there that, you know, the television partners have been warned, you know, have alternate programming ready in case mm-hmm. we do, in fact, pull the plug on this, you know. So it is no, it is hanging by a thread, and we will definitely talk about that as it relates to the Phillies and the Cardinals and everybody else involved. Um, when we come back in hour number two, it'll be all baseball um, from there. In the NFL, the other thing we have, Kev, is, you know, and I don't know how big of a deal is this, but we've got players getting put on, like, the COVID list, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Whether that means they have it, that they've tested positive, or that they've been in contact with someone close to it, right? And we've been saying, Kev, this you mentioned, this is going to be crazy when the first quarterback, like, opts out or is compromised with this. Well, over the weekend, Kev, I heard of two starting quarterbacks in the NFL that haven't opted out, but are put on this list. And we don't know, Kev, right? That could mean as something as like, they just are asymptomatic or they are coming into contact with something or like Eduardo Rodriguez, they can have something and never make it back, have complications to the point where they got to be shut down. And he's really worried for his personal health. Well, Matthew Stafford of the Detroit lions. And we know the story, unfortunately about his wife's health um, was put Mm -hmm. on that list in Detroit. And Minshew Mania in Jacksonville, a bunch of Jaguars, state of Florida, but that's besides the point. Um, So Minshew and Stafford are now some of the biggest names, along with a bunch of others, right, um, that are now on this COVID list. Now it's okay. But what do you think that means for a month or two from now? I mean, and that's the thing, right, is so, and I don't know if we've really heard from the NFL a full position on the idea of competitive balance. Right. It's not that it matters. At the end of the day, whoever gets COVID throughout this league, throughout this world, right? It is a, it is super unfortunate. We don't want to see that happen to anybody. But you can't deny the fact that it will matter the most if it impacts the quarterback. There's a lot yep. of people I've, I've heard, even some on this network, that think the Detroit Lions might push for an NFC North title. Well, obviously, <laughs> none of them will feel that way if Matt Stafford's not around. And right. maybe to a degree, you know, when you look at the Jaguars, you'll say, ah, what does it matter? You can't just say, what is it? It's like the Marlins, right? If it's like the Marlins. That ah, wouldn't have mattered. Right. By the way, the Marlins have only lost one baseball game. One of the best teams in baseball, if you were to ask me, uh, the Miami <laughs> Marlins. So I, I just, and, I, and I've talked about this even from the point of opting out, is what happens if a quarterback opts out, right? And, yep. and I bet you to a degree, these quarterbacks are thinking about it, but they probably feel far too much pressure, too much responsibility to actually make that decision. I just think, what happens, Dane, if, if, you know, should I say if, or really should I be saying when? When? Three, a team's team's quarterback (laughs) tests positive and can't play, and a line moves by a touchdown. And we look back and we go, oh, wow, they're in the playoffs because they played two backup quarterbacks due to positive COVID tests. Like, it's just, and these are the type of things that there's really no way for the NFL to control. And it's just, I really don't know how the NFL pulls this off. More probably than any league. I don't know how they pull this off. I know. There's definitely more questions than answers. You talk about a quarterback. I, I think about like the quarterback room together. 
right? Like a quarterback and the backup quarterback can easily go down at the same time. Do you need to isolate your QB too? You know, just like that designated survivor. You put one guy in the bunker when everyone's together. I don't know how it's going to be. We got other stories from the NFL and we've got a full slate of baseball to cover all that and more still. Keep it locked right here on the early line. We'll be back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line. Dan and Kevin giving you all the news, putting the fun and functional sports content. And, Kev, we didn't touch on this as we close out our NFL news and notes, right? Uh, Antonio Brown uh, has been formally suspended by the NFL for eight games. Okay, and the reason I think this is interesting is, to be quite honest, Kev, I think they're doing this now to clear the way for him to be able to sign with a team. Any team that wanted to do business with Antonio Brown at least needed to know, right, what the suspension was going to be, needed to know what they were dealing with, would they have him available. Now that that has been kind of adjudicated, defined, and confirmed, now Antonio Brown is free to sign with a team. He would be able to participate in preseason, offseason stuff, but wouldn't play the first eight games. We were talking about it over the break. Kev. He's going to get a job. Someone will take a chance on him because the talent is just too great. I actually believe a contender will take a chance. We've heard buzz about places like Seattle. We've heard buzz about, you know, Lamar wanting him. His cousin Hollywood is on that roster. They would be a contender. Kev, uh, does AB wind up with a contender is one and two. Do you treat him as a fantasy asset if that becomes the case? Yes, he ends up on a contender. Yes, he will determine who will win your fantasy championships. Um, Antonio Brown showed up in New England and on a snaps restriction, pretty much having played no football, went over his yards prop, over his catches prop, and scored a touchdown. If this dude ends up on the Baltimore Ravens, where I think it's very likely ties to obviously Hollywood, Marquise Hollywood Brown, his cousin, Lamar Jackson and him have worked out a number of times. Right. He will go out there and win leagues, make no mistake about it. I still believe all of the talent that made him the best receiver of a generation, probably top five talent ever to play the position, is still there. And if he comes back and he plays on that team, good luck. Yeah, it's so interesting, right, Kevin? If I look at the back end of wide receiver three right now, it would be fun another time we got to play the game. Antonio Brown for you know six games. Or this guy is very, very interesting. When we come back, though, hour number two, we turn our attention to Major League Baseball. Uh, We better appreciate it. We still have it. When we come back, we'll talk about it. Early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 